Welcome back to the Wagon Whip Podcast, everybody. Hey. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Rolling. It is 2020. 2020. Boy Scotty. New coming, decade. Coming back to the Grigley households. No, we haven't recorded in a while. Our loyal listeners, we appreciate you staying with us. And we are back just for you. 2020. Watching Hawaii come down Sunday night as we speak. Tournament of Champions. What a wild ride this has been. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about a wild ride. Uh, I don't know if we're watching, like you know, the Scotty and Steve member guests right now, <laughs> or whether we're watching a tournament of actual PGA Tour champions. But this has been crazy. Um, I've, I've thought three different people are going to win within the last forty-two minutes. Absolutely. Um, I thought Xander Shaffley was going to win when he had a two putt to win. I thought JT was going to win when he put it in the middle of the fairway with a one shot lead on an easy par five and could have put it seventy yards right, and <laughs> Freddie hits it into the shit. I think that's like the biggest thing. There's no way we should be here right now, obviously. No, exactly. But like, let's talk about the regulation. Let's just pick it up there because basically, you know, it's been a well played tournament. Yep. By all of these guys that are in the playoff, uh, Justin Thomas, uh, Shoffley, who was, he's out now. Right. And Reed, as we're watching JT hit his third into the fourth playoff hole. Oh wow, that's a hell of a shot. Really good shot. That is a hell of a shot. JT really is in prime position. Um, but in regulation. Yep. You said to me, as they're coming down the 18th tee, we're watching this together, and JT, this has got to be 60, 70 yards to the right. There's no way. you got to take left out of play at Kapalua on the 18th. It's all, uh, it's not OB, but it's all penalty area with really long, thick grass. You can hardly find any balls in there. And somehow he hooks this ball into this shit. Left. With a one-stroke lead. Yes. Left. I, I mean, which is just a huge, at this level of golf, just a huge strategical error. I mean, I don't understand how it even happens. And and then after that, Shoffley's on the green with an eagle putt. With I mean, an so eagle it putt. seems like it's Shoffley's tournament to lose at right. this point. Because Justin has to drop out of there. So he has to hit a really awkward chip to make five at best. And Xander's got 25 feet to two putt for birdie. That was unreal. And so somehow, after all of this... JT ends up with a, I don't know, a 10-foot putt up the hill yep. for, for par. Yep. And Shoffley is putting for eagle. Yep. And somehow, and then I say to Scotty, just like he said to, J, to me about JT, I'm like, the only thing you got to do here is just make sure it gets close. Like, this yep. is a two-putt to win. Worst case scenario, two-putt to tie. Um, and he blows it by the hole by about, I don't know, seven, eight, nine feet. And now Reed just hit another good shot with his third on the fourth playoff hole. They might run out of daylight here, Scotty. I don't uh, know. So we got two birdie putts coming up. One for Reed, one for uh, JT. It looks like Reed will be first, both from about six, seven feet. Yeah, it's going to be good. I, and my money is on they both nail this. I would bet that way, too. But <laughs> After it, all that's happened. But, yeah, so yeah, so Shaffley runs it by. They both miss their putts from underneath the hole. They both make fucking <laughs> six. Six, yeah? No. Well, They both make five. No, JT made a six, but he had JT a one-stroke lead. JT made six, lead. sorry. So Shoffley made a five. makes five, and they go to the playoff with Patrick Reed. Who's sitting in the clubhouse laughing, watching this. <laughs> so now Reed's in the mix, and I don't even know where to start in the playoff. It just <laughs> seems like either on a putt or a second shot, someone makes just an inexplicable <laughs> error. Yeah. Like it's, I don't believe what we're seeing. Zinger can't believe what he's seeing. He's no on one can fire, believe it. yeah. 
Um, it just seems like the momentum has shifted from shot to shot so many times. I'll tell you this: it's 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 fun. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great to watch. This whole, I, can't, I mean, look at the views on this hole. It's 600 and something yards long. <laughs> 677 shot, yards. Everyone has 300 yards in on the second shot. It's really fun to watch. But some of these shots and what these guys are doing is just absolute bonkers. It's painful. I'm pretty sure I saw JT just pick his nose. He's like, I can't. <laughs> please, can we end this? Shaftley Summer crying in the blowhouse. He had a two. He could have easily two-putted to win this in regulation. And now he's going to win... Two hundred grand on a third yeah. place check. I, no matter what happens here between Reed and and JT, you have to think the the person feeling the worst about this is Xander Shoffley at yeah. the end of the day. He played great all day. He matched JT basically birdie for birdie, and then last year's winner should have yeah. been back to back. And then just just kind of took a well, nose dive in regulation, and then into the first playoff hole, and he's not with us anymore. So, well, and I think what's more so, so after that, right? What's yeah. most surprising to me right now is that this is Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas. These guys are fierce competitors. Yep. They're both so far in their PGA Tour careers, pretty good closers, yep. closers of majors, and now they're up to right now. They're both trying to lose it. <laughs> and oh my God, Reed blew it way by the hole. <laughs> he he's got longer. Reed just Reed just had a five foot putt. That he sailed their six foot. And now he's got seven feet. He sailed back. it seven feet past the hole. So JT's got a putt All to right, win. So, so Xander did say in his in his post interview yes. that he thinks he got gusted. That was definitely something to do with wind, right there. There's no way he puts that seven by, feet by the hole. I don't care if it's wind. I don't care if he's in a monsoon. Well, but you can't control what the wind does after you hit the ball. Like you can't. You can't. Are just, you justifying? I'm justifying the fact Xander that Xander Shoffley from no, no, 29 no, no, feet. No, no, I'm, I'm justifying this. No, he's got to hit the hole. He didn't hit the hole. But the, but he's got to play the break outside it of the hole. He didn't hit the hole. There's Look, no excuse. You mean you could have done better? Man, you could have got that closer. At the, Guarantee I mean, at you. The, at the, I, I, I'm sure I could, but it depends on the wind gust. Like there's he's no way. There's no way a professional golfer from six feet blows it seven feet by. Did a you watch Xander putt this? They, they both had the same putt from above the hole. Are you buying into the I got gusted argument? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He made the comeback. Don't buy into the I got gusted argument. That's just nerves. I hit it too hard. That's um, all it is. I got gusted? Yes. This guy shot 67 today. He's No, I, I get it. <laughs> I got like gusted. He, he's a professional golfer. I'm, I don't think there's any excuses for it, but... I, I bought it less than I did now because I just saw Patrick Reed <laughs> putt from four feet and blow it seven feet by the hole. And you could see by his reaction, obviously, the wind did something to the putt that really pushed it way past the hole after. This looks like it might be a shady hole location, too. <laughs> Here we go. All right, just JT with like four feet to win it. Here we go. Maybe less. Oh, oh steps God. off he of it. Steps off, off of it. That's not a good thing. <laughs> And we're, we're, you guys are listening to this on live, which is, well, you're listening to us live. You're listening to, you're, you're going to listen to this podcast way not live. So you're already going to know what actually happens here. But just bear with us as we come. We had to start the podcast. It's late on a Sunday night. Steve's got to fly somewhere. Oh, he made it. He made it. There JT it wins. Finally, finally over. JT over. wins. Good, good for JT. He played well today. He made a lot of birdies on the stretch. Oh, man. Just made a huge, huge mistake 
on regulation on 18. And honestly, if he was playing, I think, a better player down the stretch, this would be lights out. If he was playing Ricky Fowler, if he was playing Roy McIlroy, if he was playing Brooks Kepka in that situation, oh, it's over. he would not have a title. I don't, I don't know about Ricky, but the other two, it'd be over. <laughs> going against your boy? <laughs> I love my boy, but he's, we gotta we got to shore up this wedge game of his. Yeah. If he had a shot on 18 and get it 300-something yards and had 43 feet in on, eight, on <laughs> so 18. I t- I, so I, I, as you guys know on the podcast, I follow Ricky pretty closely, and I I try to – sometimes when you don't see his shots, I look at – like it's, it's flabbergasting to me. It comes up, and it's like, well – He's got 34 feet for birdie on 18, which is a par five, and I'm like, well, how does that? Ha- he must have hit it. He must have hit it in the penalty area, right? <laughs> and and Scotty and I are discussing this. And I'm like, you know what? No, I bet he was safe, and he had a, and he had a wedge, and he just blew it because he he his proximity to the hole with wedges. I just don't get it. Um, it's just not very good. And sure enough, Ricky had 118 yards to the hole from the middle of the fairway Eight, on 18. Three hitting three and, and and blew it way past the hole and had like thirty four feet left. So I love I love you, Ricky, but let's let's get this wedge game okay. with that. He needs a wedge coach. So that was know. the okay. Well <laughs> they felt um George Genkis out there. Um that was the T O C that we just broke down live for our listeners. Yep. What the hell else is going on for you in twenty twenty? Well, um I'll just say other well before we get off of Kapalua, let's just yeah. say uh course changes yep. seemed like they uh have gone over well. The main thing really was, even though, um, so Emily and I went to Kapalua, right. and and um, uh, uh, Rolf, who's on on the on the right. golf channel right Mark now, commented Mark Rolf, and also uh, Core Crenshaw did the renovations yep. to the to the course. The main real reason, even though they didn't really say this, that they did this is the greens were shit. Like they were okay. not not they were too hard. Like that was kind of the golf channel storyline. They weren't too hard. They were just they were if you if you watch past T- TOCs, they were they were losing the greens. Okay. Like they, they they were just in really bad shape, and so they really needed to redo it if they wanted to keep the TOC in Kapalua, which is what we found out when we were talking to the pro shop. Deal. Yes, they signed a ten-year deal. They they re- renovated the greens, they restored the greens, and restored well, I say the course. Century signed a ten-year deal to stay on as sponsor for at Kapalua. Yes, I don't know if yes, correct. So. Um, some new bunkering and all that stuff. Some new challenges on the course. I liked some of it. The eighth hole is a little different. Right. The um, there's new bunkers. Um, I can't remember the hole in the back. Some some of the strategic holes coming in had some new bunkering that um, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Uh, so I I like that. I think that I think it played well. Um, I also like the fact that the wind was up all week. I yep. thought that was really fun to see because that's how a lot of people that visit Maui, if you oh, visit Maui, have the experience. It. Yeah, exactly. That's how and you're even your gusting butts. Exactly, gusting gusting butts. Uh, I'll be interested. I'm not listening. We're not. They're interviewing JT after the win right now. I'll be interested to rewind and listen to what he says about the wind here at the end, but um, and also about the fact that you know he almost blew this thing away. Uh, but it, all in all, entertaining and a good tournament. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is so much fun to watch because it's such a limited field. And the golf course, we see it every year. So, we, you know, we know the holes. The changes were fun to watch. 17 played really tough. That straight downhill shot. And then 18 is always fun to watch them try to hit that big hook. Yeah. You know, and try to roll it on the green. Shoffley, as we pointed out, did that wonderfully. 
in regulation. JT did that awfully in regulation. But then we got to watch this whole three or four more times uh, in a playoff. And so just so much fun. It's just a fun tournament. And the views and to kick it off in Hawaii is, is really, really special. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. And some of the, the interesting part of it for me is the elevation changes, right? Because yeah. what they have to do, and you, we talked about caddies earlier, I, I think they're – they probably have a harder job or as hard of a job as you can possibly get in terms yeah. of calculating yardages here than anywhere else. I mean, we saw players, you see players hitting a, at, at one point on 18, I think we, or 17, we saw Xander Shoffley hit a nine iron, 213 yards and a stock nine irons yeah. at 165. So yeah. you're, you're clubbing up or down by like four clubs, yeah. you know, I don't even know how top- you get to that calculation it's insane to me this is a really tough week for the caddies not only is the walk really difficult <laughs> yeah uh but yes the the elevation changes and then as we pointed out the wind right so not only in 40 feet downhill so you take you know club two to club <laughs> right. and a half then you got wind to factor in too and it's a really good guessing game and it makes you know monday tuesday wednesday in those practice rounds you spend a little extra time hitting some of those shots um, and just kind of trying to calculate yardages, but yeah. what makes people really good at what they do. That's great. JT, 12 wins now under yeah. the age of 27. Um, joined some good company there. Uh, so, Kapalua, TOC, uh, entertaining finish. I can't believe what we saw. Good, still can't good, get fun, over. fun start to the year. In the PGA I, I love it. I love it. I, I hope we get some more playoffs. I agree. It sort of extends it, and I just love it. It's just it feels sudden death, and you can see pressure. Nerves affect things. Azinger went into that um, a little bit earlier in, in terms of how that affected the, the putts and regulation and the shots and regulation. Yeah. Um, but in, all, all in all, a, uh, a I think a really entertaining tournament to watch. Uh what do you think about Zinger so far? By the way, we talked a little bit about. I think this he's a few gotten better. I, I, um, I agree. He's definitely showed. He was sense. never bad. Just, just he was I think never he bad. I thought he was a little too much anti-Tiger in his day, and I think he did that yeah. to kind of create a profile for himself. Yeah. Via a la Skip Bayless and LeBron James. Yeah. But I think he's gotten to the point where I think he feels comfortable, kind of breaking it down. And I think he's gotten tremendously better. And he can talk about some of these golfers and these golf courses outside Tiger Woods, which I think he still has a lot of validity in. Um, and so I, I look forward to listening to him for the entire year. And I know that the year started back in September, but let, let's just be honest. Like, for all intents and purposes, this is the you start always of the feel year. like this is the start. Right? Of the like year. we had the fall series, and there's a lot of fun guys and from fun stories. Cameron Champion, but yeah. All for intended purposes, people now start paying attention once Hawaii starts. Yeah, and I think it sort of symbolizes not only is the start of the new year, but um, the start of you're working your way towards the Masters, right? You're working your way towards the spring. You're going to strategically pick what courses you play in February, whether that's Waste Management or PGA West out in um, Palm Springs or um, uh, some of the other you know, early February tournaments out there. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on the uh, San Diego? Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines, uh, right. So, and like, the, those Riv. those all kind of, yeah, and Riv. So, those all kind of, those February tournaments kind of command good fields. So, you sort of get excited. Tiger will probably play at some point in February. Yep. Although, I don't know exactly which ones, but Riviera is usually his deal. Um, so, I'm excited. It's a new golf season. It's a new decade. It's a new year. Um 
on the Zinger comments, uh, I thought that uh, I, I agree with you. I think what he is, I think he's getting better, and I think he's a great mix, honestly, of Johnny Miller and Nick Faldo. I think he comes into the the way Nick Faldo, and some people don't like him, yeah. but, but the way Nick Faldo, Nick Faldo's like niche is sort of like he talks about the way your hands feel. He talks about the way you're yeah. approaching certain. So he, he really tries to bring the viewer into the head of the golfer in the moment. True. Johnny Miller is also Johnny Miller, completely opposite of that, is just you know really critical and tries to call call it exactly like it is and in comments on the nerves all the time. Yep. And I think Zinger does both of those things. He kind of he doesn't have the shame of sort of saying, well, this is how I felt. You know, he, he'll go right into how he felt, and he, he sort of takes you into the head of the player a little bit, but also is can be critical and isn't afraid to be critical. So I like it's him so far. It's a very fair point, and I, I agree 100%. And again, I think Azinger continues to strike that balance, yep. and it will be fun to watch him going forward in specifically moments like this where he could have – Johnny Miller would have been super critical – of oh all three God. of these guys. Can you imagine Johnny Miller right? on this? That would yeah, that would have been great. It would have been. We would have loved it. And they should have called Johnny Miller <laughs> and said, "Johnny, can you just right. phone in, to dial into the booth? Let's talk." So, <laughs> so it'll be fun to watch him. Uh, yeah, it'll be good. Anyway, so that that wraps up TOC. Good start to the year. We we haven't seen you guys or talked to you guys since Presidents Cup, so we, we should yep. spend a moment there. Uh, Presidents Cup also, well, I'll just say this, a lot closer than we thought, right? Yes. Off the bat, internationals played really well. Got to commend Ernie Els and the international team there. Um, I thought the okay. biggest winner of this whole thing was the golf course. I love to watch Royal Melbourne. Oh, that might so have been good, right? the, the way the ball was moving. I don't think I've seen the ball unpredictably move around a golf course like that since Chamber, the Chambers Bay U.S. Open where it was Ooh. completely burnt out and players were like, all over the place like it was very hard for the players to get used to this golf course all week on you could see that the especially the u.s team at the start just was not used to how firm it was i mean balls are bouncing 15 feet in the air after they like hit the fairway yeah um, maybe that's a little bit of exaggeration no, no, you're very right. high and so it's you have to get used to playing that kind of golf and it's very hard to it's it's not a a course where you just fly it to the hole and spin it back. It's, you know, it's very links, but it's a pronounced links. It's a certain different kind of play. And so I thought that I just, it was super fun to watch from a golf course perspective. Um, and then, you know, the play down the stretch over the weekend, you know, we sort of got it back. Tiger played well. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about what you thought about the U.S. team? So, so I really, really enjoyed this. I watched this live on my birthday um, there we go. Night before I went to dinner, um, and had a tremendous time watching this, these single matches. As the Presidents Cup in a whole, I would say, as much as I love watching the golf course, as much as I would love to go play this golf course, but clearly the biggest winner of the weekend was Tiger Woods. Um, he dominated that singles match against Abram Answer, who had mm-hmm. been the internationals' best player all week. Uh, he sat out all day. Um, yeah, the, that the was an interesting day. choice, right? It's an interesting choice, but I think it worked out. And he kind of came out Sunday morning ready to go, and he did his damn thing. And then also, too, I almost thought it was – I didn't get the necessarily Chambers Bay, even though I understand that. I got like a little bit of Augusta, kind of how you uh. aim away from the hole in order to get it close to the hole. Right. And like some of those slopes and the greens and how much the ball moved once it hit on the green – it reminded me a lot of like Augusta and how much the ball moves once it once the iron shot actually lands upon the green, 
and just total strategy. I thought yeah. internationals put up the very best fight they could have, but in the end, the U.S. just had so much and too much horsepower that they just couldn't win enough single matches. Yeah, I I agree with you. Also, Tiger, I mean, just continues good play, like solid play. I think that's a great point in terms of winner of the week. I mean, he he was solid the entire time, so solid that as a captain, everybody was sort of questioning the, the move not to play on Saturday. Um, I still don't really know why he wouldn't play on Saturday afternoon. Well, uh, I feel like he again, maybe the pairings really, and he wanted to get some other guys out there so, before the so singles. So all I know, all I know about because if he is wanted to keep Ricky and it, JT, he together. made it. He made this choice himself. His assistant captains tried to take him, talk him out of it because he was clearly playing the best. Yeah, out absolutely. of everybody, and Zach, he basically Zach Johnson and Stricker were like, "No, we need you to play." And Tiger says, "No, I'm not going to play. I trust my guys, and I'll be ready to go for singles on Sunday." And he was, and so. Again, bold choice. It could have really backfired if they would have lost. But I felt like no one had a better individual week than Tiger Woods to be a winning playing captain and to you know lead the start of, of the match as, as, as he did. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I, I agree with you there. Can't, can't, uh, can't disagree. Uh, I, and I'd love to get out there and play some golf because it, it I, i'll say this it's certainly it certainly Aussies. intrigued me Aussie, 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 oi, oi. It, it certainly intrigued me to go across because the thing is so far there's so many great golf destinations yeah. here in the u.s and even like just overseas if you're an east coast person you know in, in scotland and ireland um and you hear about all these golf destinations and and i think a lot of people don't it's just so hard to get there you just don't hear about these courses as much but we know from like jason day talks about it adam scott talks about it how the sand belt in Australia is like one of the best places places in the world to play golf. So I, I don't know. If, I'm down if the for a trip. I'm down for a trip. If, you, if 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 this is you convincing me to take a trip, I'm in. Oh my god! I guess you got to figure out when, but but we'll we got to do it soon. Um. So anyway, so Presidents Cup, the U.S. does top it off. They win. Everybody should know that by now. But we just thought it was good to uh, recap a little bit of it. Um. Other things changing in the golf world. The world handicap system. Yes. If, any, if, you're, if anyone's trying to play golf over from January 1st through 5th, you haven't been able to post a score on any worldwide handicap um, uh, website that you use in the U.S. The USGA uses the GIN system. Um, and so I haven't been able to post any scores from playing over in Palm <laughs> Springs over the right. weekend. I played pretty well. It's probably better that I haven't posted them yet. Yeah, not um, be good for your matches coming up this week. No, yeah, it's on our Braemar team team plays coming up soon. So, yeah. um, but you know, I'm gonna post them like a real <laughs> golfer should. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so I, I I just coming across from Credit Golf World a couple things like five things to know. Like what what is this new system? The reason it's shut down is they're doing a world handicap system change so that handicaps travel better overseas like places like australia or over in europe so that we all have a we're playing off the similar handicap indexes they all have slightly different rules right now and slight slightly different places to input them um so just five quick things i guess i'm reading this off off the web yep um fewer scores count towards your index correct um in the old usage usj system it was 10 of your past 20 rounds contributed correct um now it's eight 
of your past 20. So I guess it just gets you to a, a real handicap like quicker. Um, and also updates like your most recent scores. So your average is more update. recent, right? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the other thing. That's the second thing really it, it updates in your sleep, right? So every day it updates instead of the first and 15th of the right. month. So your actual handicap will be updated according to, you know, how you played. So I, we'll, hold on. We'll, we'll talk about what we think about all these things after. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, net double bogey. Um, is so max. yeah, <laughs> is what would you say is or isn't is, is yeah. So net, so that's a, I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out in my head. So if net double bogey is the max, typically under the gin system, if you're less than a 10, you, the most you, if you're less than a 10 index, the yep. most you can take is a gross double bogey. Right. So now I can take one more stroke is what. But they're but they're also saying that to safeguard against the sandbagging, <laughs> cough sandbagging, as I'm reading this article on GolfWorld.com, yeah. the USJ system employed equitable stroke control to cap the maximum score on any hole. ESC was calculated on a sliding scale depending on your course handicap. Um, ten through nineteen can't make any more than a seven. Six through ten or one through ten can't make any more than a six, and then so on and so forth. But under this, it uses the net double bogey. So all of you single-digit handicaps who get to take a 6X on the scorecard, not anymore. Right. <laughs> You're taking a 7. Um, so that's it. So triple bogey is back in play for um, single-digit handicaps, and um, that's what it sounds like here. Um, anyways, uh, I guess the so the fourth thing is I read the article. Your index will weather the storm. I don't know what this means. Um, modern technology can tell you within a yard of how far you are from the flag on any hole. Why can't we make your handicap index more intuitive? What the hell am I reading? I don't know what you're reading, but yeah. uh, also too, I know um, weather conditions now come into play too for the handicap. That's that's probably what they mean. Oh, so if you it, you you actually post what the wind is doing that day, yeah. and that adjusts your uh, your index. That's interesting. Yeah. That that comes into play, I think, a lot more in Europe. Right, because Europe, other countries, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, typically just the Lynx golf and the people play yeah. in Scotland and Ireland and other countries, but also just even certain parts of here. Like, if you're playing in yeah. Hawaii, it's windy all the time. Um, so here, I guess here's my thing like, I'm just gonna jump in, and sorry if you're not done. Um, so I think all of our golfers and people that have played around in 2020 or looked at their handicap know that the system has changed. Um, I don't understand why it needed to change. I thought the system mm. was very fair and very straightforward. Yeah. The very fact that now I have a very big problem with double with with double bogey net for a lot of people. Um, I feel like higher handicaps are at a complete disadvantage. Um, that I know how, one of, how so because oh because the lower handicaps can take more strokes right. now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right? And and so if you're a 26 handicap, there's but, a lot of times you're not making double net bogey. Gross. No, no. I think, I think, but I think that it comes, I think there still is a, if you're nine, 10 through 19, you can take more than, a, you can take okay. no more than a seven. But one of your 27. Okay. 20, 29 can take a, can take a max of eight. Oh no, I'm sorry. Took a max of eight. 
So you're right. Right. Yeah, it does. So if you're if you're upwards of 19 over handicap, you're not getting yeah. the benefits no more of getting sometimes two shots on a hole or or double popping. Yeah. That that's to me unfair, right? That this is this has been the system. So yeah. Hold on, hold on. My thing is, is this has been a fundamental system that the USGA created for the last forty years of how people have played equitable golf, and yeah. now to just change it so we can comply with what a couple other countries in the world have done, I think is complete horseshit. Okay. Um. This is, I, I think your point. Ta- I think your point's taken. I. I. I, I so the contrary argument to that, and I say this only because this happens a lot at clubs across the world. Sure, is is as we say the cough cough sandbag here, the <clears throat> sandbag, and the disadvantage for lower handicappers is that there are a certain amount of people. So what you're saying, I'll say this, yeah. is absolutely true. If everybody plays by the actual rules of golf and their handicap is what it is, which is what we all should assume, right? Like that's golf, right? Like your hand, everybody should post every score that they have and they should, and they should play honestly and post honestly and all that stuff. I think what happens is you get people that go out and play by themselves who may play good and not post a score. You get people that, you know, sometimes can, you know, I don't know, just purposely miss putts all the, all the little ways that you can sandbag if you guys golf a lot you know what i'm talking about yeah and what ends up happening is it can become you're gonna you're in a you know a, a club tournament that's a net tournament and you're a single digit of them are. yes and you're single digit you're a single digit handicap who plays usually within five or six shots of his handicap either better or worse and you're playing a 22 handicap who shoots you know, 81 on a day yep. and you're saying, and this guy's double popping on a couple holes and there's just no way you can win. And it's happened to me. It's happened to other people. It's happened to everybody. I, I don't know that we'll even stop that, but, but I think that's so, the other side of it is that you, it, in okay. under the new system, okay. those guys can't get over there and, and but, post, but post they, a birdie, par, birdie, par, and then throw eight, eight, okay, seven. But when up. they, when they go to post, they post the number, not the scorecard. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still putting a number in. Yeah. Um, now, whether they put the correct number in for the right. score is, and is, a, is a different story. And, and I'm just providing the, the devil's advocate. The last thing, I'm, I, the last thing I would ever do is advocate to not put whatever the scorecard says it in. Like, that is the system of golf, and that's an honor system. All I'm saying is, like, if you have guys that go buy a $40 membership to the SCGA or NCGA or wherever, yeah, yeah. wherever they keep a handicap, and some of them can do it at Roger Dunn, and they just put a number in. But this this has no relevation to what they number it that they posted. Yeah. So it doesn't stop that. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, there's still going to be ways to to better. Let's call what it is. There's still going to be ways to cheat. Sure. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, it is cheating. Yeah. So I mean, so I th- I think. <laughs> Right, like, like you, when someone posts a score, we don't go uh, to the scorecard to make sure they took double net or a net double bogey on right. 13. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I, I think there's going to be either way. I think it is what it is, and, and hopefully um, – but I, I agree with you in the fact – I think your point is, is that if you're keeping your score honestly and you're doing it the right way, 
for someone that is a higher handicap that's in the mid-20s, for example, not to be able to take more than a net double bogey on a hole puts them in advantage. Their handicap is going to drop, disadvantage because their handicap will drop by the actual rules of the system. So I, I, I've seen this already in play by a tournament that was held Thursday at a club that I was at, and most of the higher handicaps indexes went to a lower index. So. Right. Yeah, so, so uh, I think the jury's still out. Obviously, we've been at it for less than a week. I just feel like it's it's overcomplicated and it doesn't simplify things for golfers. And to me, that should be the objective of yeah. trying to make this easy for golfers to understand. Yeah, um, I guess the, the, the so the other thing, the last thing to notate is I guess the amount of shots you're getting will change. And the, I'm not going to get too far into the details of it because I just skimmed over. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, it's a new formula for how you get. So it doesn't just take the course rating and measure your handicap index at that course off of that. Now it takes into consideration par on the course. So it's more course rating minus par. I'm not going to get into the semantics of all that, but the the number of strokes will change so i look the verdict will be out i you know i don't really know if it changes much at all yeah I, I mean, we'll see you know I, I think at the end of the day like we said if if people are going to try to you know no, nothing is going to sandbag proof a handicap right. system it's just not um you got to post your scores and you you got to you know play within you know the honor code that we've always played in when if you're a golfer so anyways that's that's big big change in the more or less in the amateur golf world. What else we got on tap, Scotty, for this week? We got TLC. We had talked about the handicap system. Um, where they? Know, where are we at next week? We we're staying in Hawaii because we go to Sony, the, the Sony Open. Yeah. Um, there won't be as good a field. Um, I mean, I know your boy's not playing. Obviously, some of the bigger guys aren't in the field. Yeah. Um. Why wouldn't you play in this one though? Like you know, <laughs> you're already open. yeah, but you're already in Hawaii. Just make the jump over. I mean, Take two weeks in Hawaii. I mean, uh, the I hear wife you. will well, like they've that. Been there for probably ten nine days. Yeah, right. uh, I know Fowler's coming back to SoCal um, for a pretty big money game. Oh, okay, uh, this is interesting news. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Fowler's coming for a pretty big money game in Palm Springs. Really? Uh, I just left the, Palm Springs. Out at the Madison Club. Uh, I think okay. it's going to Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know the confirmed date. Inside information. I do have an inside information of someone that is in the group, and uh, we'll be playing for big money with Fowler on Tuesday Wednesday. Okay. So We'll, we'll look on social media for some of that <laughs> stuff. I was just in Palm Springs over the weekend. Yeah, I heard you played some good golf. I was So for all of you that know, I was going to join Steve out there and Steve and Emily. That's right. I got really sick over the New Year holiday for all you people that just give a shit. Uh, probably not most of you, um, but I'm feeling much better, and and so, but I couldn't make the trip. Uh, yeah, Scotty got a little sick, so he had to bail. Um, but it's all good. We'll, um, we'll get it next time. We we'll get we'll take a guys trip out there. So I was yeah. out there with uh, with the Weiss family, who are all uh, prominent golfers. You guys may remember the Ireland trip. We talked about that. Um, we had a great time. It was just a just a quick two night trip. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, played out at La Quinta at the mountain course. That was, um, it just got recommended to me through um, some buddies at, at the club. Um, we were going to play a different course, but uh, the the mountain course was a 
an awesome surprise. So shout out to La Quinta. All the courses there are great. That's where that's that's where they play the uh, PGA Tour tournament. It's at PGA West. Um, but there's like six courses there. There's the Greg Norman yep. course. There's the stadium course, which yep. is the tournament course. Um, the Nicholas Private. There's the Nicholas Private. There's the Nicholas uh, Regular. There's the Mountain Course, and there's the Dunes Course. People told me play the Mountain Course. It was awesome. Like it was a lot of undulation, a ton of huge mountains, like right in your background, and you see your ball come up through these mountains um, as you hit it in the air. The backdrop is mountains. There's not blue sky. It's just mountains. Um, and the greens are all kind of tucked in these little valleys and it was awesome. Um, and we also got out to mission Hills, um, the Pete Dye course there, which is another beautiful course, a lot of great holes in the back nine, a great finish, um, Island greens, water everywhere, fun, fun time could be frustrating, but it was fun. So I'm definitely feeling a boys trip to Palm Springs this year. Yeah. And it's not too, it's not like overly expensive. You know what I mean? For like, like when we went up to pebble we just you just feel like you can't like emily and i went up and it would have been nice to play but it's like you we, we played spanish bay yeah. and that was still ex- really expensive and it was like <laughs> yeah. uncomfortably expensive yeah when you're playing when you're a husband and wife and you're paying for two people yeah. um and steve makes a good living so if it's uncomfortable for him you know it's uncomfortable <laughs> for me <laughs> get out of here don't don't kid yourself um no, but it, honestly, it it uh, it's a great it's just great value out there. You know, if you play no. if you play in Twilight, it's under a hundred bucks anywhere you play, and yeah. you're world class golf. Yeah, no, look, I I feel like let's put it together like a Thursday to Sunday, come home Sunday night, yeah. itinerary. We'll drive up Thursday morning, and play. And Thursday, two Friday, hours Saturday. from L A. So the yeah. L A. golfers, yeah. like I came back leaving like I I can. You know what the play is? The and I've done this many times. The play is to leave like after the morning rush. Yeah. Thursday. And play Thursday afternoon, so you oh, leave like at ten, yeah. see off like at one, yeah. and then have you know, you're yeah. you're good. You're good. Yeah, I mean, even if in summer Friday or summer Thursday, whatever you 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 could even work it. You could leave at twelve, yeah. get there at two thirty, yeah, and play, play at three o'clock, and be 3:30. done, and be light at seven. Yeah, cocktails, cocktails, and steak at eight o'clock. Um, thousand percent in. Yeah. So let's, let's work on this and let's tell our. I think Palm Springs is a is a great West Coast area to visit. It doesn't get the traction I think that Scottsdale does. It's a Agreed. lot of retired people, but but the, also the amount of golf courses out there, stunning. <laughs> yeah. Every every block is a country yeah. club. Like yeah. it's just the the like yeah. square mileage of golf course. It's just all golf courses. Um. Anyway, so that was it. Um. So besides being sick, how was the rest of your the rest of New holidays? Was, was great. Um. I may be talking a little. Met a pretty awesome lady, so I've been there hanging we out go. with her. I just met her um, via Facetime. See, um, <laughs> and just been having a good time with the holidays. And you know, shout out to um, Whole Foods Wellness <laughs> Shots because oh, I guarantee they've saved my life and got me back to 100. percent And with that, I just haven't gotten a lot of sleep because I feel like we had birthday. You and me both. From Cabo to holidays, into you know, just an aggressive New Year's and then being sick. And, like, I feel like I just haven't had the time to, like, sit down, sleep, and recover yet. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this weekend was a good start in that direction. And, you know, now I'm getting my body excited about golf again. And it's 2020. And yep. I've set myself a goal. I'm, I'm setting What's a pretty goal? ambitious goal out there. I'm going to get down to a five handicap this year in 2020. Whoa, big time. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. 
I like it. So we'll be know, playing straight up in matches. You know, <laughs> under the new world handicap. So I'm gonna get you know I'm gonna get a couple of devices. Gonna go see George a couple times and just really dedicate okay. myself to to getting better and doing all the things that I've not wanted to do for a long time in order to try to get better. And you know I realize that why not? Let's go for it because you know as I turn you know to the close to the older and older and older that my good, good, good golf is has a time clock and an expiration date on it. <laughs> and so I just want to make sure that I get everything out of it that I can. I like that. I think it's a good move. I like that golf resolution for yeah. 2020. So I'll tell you this too. Um, when you when you start putting a little bit more time and effort into it, and, and the only reason I did it was when I, like, when I joined the club, it sort of forces you because you're like, okay, I'm paying for it. So sure. I'm going to... I'm going to try to, and you, you get to play in tournaments. Your competitive golf goes up a little bit. So it sort of sprouts the, the, the level of competition in you. And I'll say this, it's, it's very fun being, but when I, when I rolled over, I was probably a 12 handicap when I joined, um, Braemar. And then I, I'm down to a five something now, but just even if you don't get down to a five, when you're down into like single digits, it's really it's really fun to be there because what ends up happening is you'll have a few good rounds where you you're in the 70s or you're, you're trying to break 80 or whatever it is, and you're you, maybe you're making some birdies and everything else, and you don't always get there. You're gonna still throw rounds in your 90s up, and this goes for everybody. Sure, don't get frustrated. Like just keep at it, keep going, and then you're gonna the, the times that you are close to breaking breaking 80 the times that you're having good fun and you're making a couple birdies in your round it's all worth it like it's a little bit better i think when you know like when i play with emily's parents who are you know higher handicaps they have a ton of fun they don't care they're they're working out their game they're having a ton of fun and i love playing with them but i almost wish i could give them some more lessons like i wish they practiced a little more i always tell them practice like don't yeah. just go play nine holes yeah and like mess around and like not know what you're doing like go to the range and like put hit some, shots hit shots and put some tunes on take some lessons if, if you if you have the means to do that whatever you can do because it'll pay off later yeah. when you're gonna have more fun on the golf course right. and practice and the one thing too i think most people don't do and you i from from a caddy perspective i can talk about this like spend time chipping and putting because oh, yeah. that will get you down to quicker than sure. anything like because you know we can all hit fairways we can all hit greens we can do that stuff on the driving range to get better yeah where i think the key to make good people that are better than not especially amateur golf is you got to be able to score from 80 yards yeah yeah or 100 yeah i mean like if you from 100 yards and in, if you can hit Unlike Ricky Fowler, if you can hit from 100 yards and in, if you can get to within like 10 or 15 feet, you're going to have birdie chances. And even if you're not making those birdie putts and you're tapping in for par, even if that is a, even if you're, if that's for par instead of bogey, right? Like, you know, to give yourself 10 or 15 foot chances to make birdie or par every hole, like you're just going to drop your score down. So like wedge wedge and putt and practice that speed there's a great drill and and i've never done it but um i know dave pelt stands by it and what he does is he has his students um try to hit 30 feet from every hole and then once you're 30 feet try to just two putt everything yeah so yeah i mean that and gets what i'm saying you make par you just make par not war um (laughs) 
Anyways, so uh, that, that should be our motto for 2020. The way going with Cruz is make par, <laughs> even though, well, we're hitting some funny times <laughs> I ran. So I'll just let that one just simmer. There. Yeah, yeah but, simmer. But I think I'll say this about you, Scotty. I think uh, for, uh, many people, maybe some of you listen, have seen Scotty swing. Scotty's got a perfectly planned, great golf swing. Like you have all the motion that it takes to uh, hit great golf balls or, hit, you know, strike the ball well. Um, so I think you get there. I think well, I think a, with just a little bit of practice, you'll shout out to fun. our boy at Sean at Truespec who you, you know brought down my dynamic loft. There you go. It's all about dynamic loft, baby. All right, I can't believe we just made forty four minutes out of that because we really only talked about a little bit about Presidents Cup and a little bit about well, I tell you what we'll do. But, I know I know the schedule is going to little impact, but I would love to you know come back, sit down, talk to you and him, make some predictions for this year. That's right. Talk about our major venues. Talk about the players. I think, schedule what we're looking forward to and we'll come back with a full prediction show um, that's right either this week or next week for everybody absolutely uh all right guys thank you for listening as always uh don't forget to rate and review and subscribe if on uh, itunes if you haven't that could be a new year's and, resolution and honestly for if you. you guys <laughs> if you guys are sitting at like a 10 5 handicap and you want to be a scratch player the quickest way to do it is to comment on our podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and give us five stars. That instantly makes you a better golfer. Of course. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you, you automatically get better. Um, anyways, uh, like, also, uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, um, at Waggle and Whiff Pod. On Twitter, it's at Waggle and Whiff. We got, we got some guests coming up. Um, we will have more guests. It's another know, goal for the I podcast. I know we've said that year. for a while now, but I have confirmation. It's just getting some of these people at a date. Obviously, the tour is going to come to the West Coast. So we're working on bringing some folks in studio um, oh, in yeah. the coming weeks for you guys. So check out that. And we are off and running for 2020 and can't wait to be with you for the entirety of the year. All right. Let's do this. All right. Happy 2020, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.